Wealth can be measured in many ways. As it grows, life can quickly become complex, creating the need for more focused planning. Welcome to We're Talking Money with OmniStar Financial Group. OmniStar has been helping clients achieve financial success for more than 20 years in a client-centric and stress-free environment. With a reputation built on a long track record of working with people who want to grow and protect their assets, OmniStar illuminates the blind spots and provides actionable strategies to help you achieve what's most important. This is where you can count on straightforward and unbiased advice from a team of professionals that are passionate about your success. Hi, my name is Phil Clark and welcome to We Are Talking Money. Joining me on this episode is Jason Beckley, Senior Wealth Advisor at OmniStar Financial Group, and he's going to be my co-host today as we talk about a very popular subject and one that is often misunderstood, annuities. We are living amid heightened fear, and these products can easily sound like a panacea, but we know there's no such thing as a cure-all. So let's get started, but first, for those of you who don't know Jason, he works out of our Western North Carolina office and provides tremendous value to our clients. Jason, thanks for joining me today. Glad to be here, Phil. So Jason, before we dig in, I want to just give a special shout out and thank you to all the men and women who make up the vanguard of this incredible fight known as COVID-19. We're so grateful to all these uh, folks that are working hard to keep us safe and healthy. All right, today's topic, understanding annuities, a blind spot that definitely needs some illumination. Jason, thanks again for joining me. I want to jump right into this conversation. And, uh, you know, first, it's important for me to say we've worked together for nearly a decade, so the subject of annuities is not new to us. For our listeners, on the other hand, I want to make sure that we give them a good understanding of annuities at a basic level, and then we'll take them through something more complex. So Jason, can you take us through the basics of annuities and help our listeners understand what that means? Sure, Bill. Uh, In the most basic form, an annuity is a contract between you and a life insurance company, which promises a stream of income uh, for your lifetime uh, or a set period for a lump sum of premium or a series of premiums to the insurer on the front end of the contract. The income is made in payment at the beginning as a set of the contract, an immediate annuity, or in the future, a deferred annuity. The deferred annuity provides the benefit of tax deferred growth. At their core, money or premium is paid to the insurance company. The insurance company invests the money and eventually begins paying a stream of periodic benefits which sometimes continues after death of the annuitant or may terminate with a lump sum. Okay. That's a good, a good place to start. So we know what they are. So where do these annuities originate, Jason? If they're, if they're documents, they're legal documents, these things are, we know they're complicated, but where are they actually born? Where do these things get created? That's a good question, Phil. Annuity contracts in the U.S. are defined by Internal Revenue Code. Uh, they have both features of life insurance and investment products, but are only allowed to be sold by insurance companies. And because insurance companies are regulated by individual states, some contracts, features, and options may not be available or may not be the same in all states. So that adds another layer of complexity uh, to an already very complex subject. So annuities... 
for the most part, we'll say are insurance products and they're developed and sold by these insurance companies. Annuities, for some of our listeners, uh, might be a tool that they've heard of through uh, a private relationship or, or rather a, a private transaction. You can actually have something called a private annuity, and annuities have been used for a long time, but uh, I certainly agree with you that, for the most part, it's an insurance company that's putting out what most people know of as an annuity. So very popular products. For purposes of this conversation, we're going to focus on the versions produced by insurance companies and and nothing outside of that. So Jason, who do our consumers turn to if they are thinking about purchasing an annuity? Um, And what would you tell them about where to turn or where to look if this was something of interest to them? Well, the uh, majority of annuities in the country currently still are sold by large brokerage firms known as wirehouses, uh, such as the Merrill Lynch or Morgan Stanley, and large banks such as Bank of America, and obviously insurance agents. So uh, for the most part, every insurance company has a line of annuities that their agents will sell. Um, and that's where most people go to to purchase an annuity in the, in the country. I would recommend there are other areas to look at, uh, such as a fee-based advisor or somebody with some more objective uh, who doesn't have a commission-driven uh, bias as well. Well, I know that a lot of our listeners are wondering, and the reason I say I, I know that they're wondering this is I get this question a lot in my day-to-day work, and I feel pretty confident that you've heard this same question Annuities are often compared to traditional investments, and there's probably nothing further from the truth. Uh, Jason, you work with our clients every day. You're in the in the field with them, and and you uh, you hear these kinds of questions. When someone says, "How are annuities different from traditional investing?" How do you best answer that question to give them the information they need to make better decisions? Looking at every client situation is is differently different, and it depends on the client's personal situation. Um, for the large majority of our clients' desired outcomes, traditional investing can accomplish their goals uh, with a lower cost and greater net worth long term than an annuity product could, and because of the layers of cost inside the the shell of an annuity product. So basically, there's couple of ways you have to look at this. The first is everyone has a different situation, a different set of goals. And so whatever they're using for their investments or as a part of their investment strategy, it really boils down to what are their goals and what products or what investment strategies actually fit. And then it sounds like the other uh, part to that equation is the cost. It sounds like there's a lot more in the way of cost, or there could be more cost in uh, in the annuity product. So we all know that the higher your cost, uh, the more it affects your performance. So, uh, all right, Jason, that makes sense. Thank you for sharing those points. Uh, we're starting to build a little case here for how these things work, uh, good and bad. So I think one of the most common misconceptions in annuities are simply that it's a bad thing. 
and you should stay away from them because they're complex or they're highly commissioned products. No question, annuities have been stigmatized for years. But Jason, we've talked about this a number of times uh, through the years, and if they're used correctly, annuities are not all bad. Can you share a few situations where annuities might make sense, uh, regardless of the kind of client you're talking to, just simply some ways that you have seen annuities work or ways that you know they could work? Yeah, Phil. Um, tax deferral, obviously, uh, for certain clients, once they've gone through and max funded all the qualified accounts possible um, and, and have excess flow and for their goals, it makes sense. Uh, tax referral for investment gains and annuities is great. It's just like your 401k or IRA. Your contributions and earnings can grow tax deferred until you withdraw funds. Uh, clients who are seeking income for life and like that security possibly is a, is a solution. Guaranteed minimum withdrawal income levels. Some investment choices and flexibility inside certain types of annuities and those layers. And all combined with death benefits, which is sometimes important to people, uh, depending on the situation, whether they could look at life insurance or maybe this solves two problems at once. All right, Jason, we've uncovered a number of points. Uh, perhaps the most important is that these annuities are very complicated, but that doesn't necessarily make them all bad. But with most things, uh, they do create blind spots. Anytime something is complicated, you can rest assured there's going to be blind spots, and those have to be explained so the consumer can make a good decision. Jason, what are some of the most common blind spots when it comes to these complex products? Well, Phil, when I speak to clients that are thinking about purchasing an annuity or have in the past, a lot of things that aren't presented to them in the front end uh, of the contract negotiation when they purchase the contract uh, come to light. And some of those things include uh, irrevocable consequences. Uh, and if you, there is no lump sum typically out without a large surrender fee. Um, delayed access. Uh, once you purchase an annuity, funds are subject to early withdrawal, excise taxes of 10% until um, 59 and a half. Uh, limited withdrawal options often. Again, going to flexibility um, and access to funds. Taxes are uh, generally surprising to some people in that they are taxed at um, an a income rate versus a capital gains rate. As I said earlier, large surrender charges and commissions on the front and the back end. Um, not to mention, on an ongoing basis, administrative fees, mortality expenses, insurance charges, uh, many layers of fees inside the contracts that can carry on for years, and it really dragged down overall return and long-term growth of the, the beginning corpus of the fund. Yeah, those are all really good points. And there's, uh, there's just no way around it. These things have a lot of moving parts. And I think one of the, one of the problems with annuities is because they're complicated, the folks that are selling these products are not always educated on every part of the product. They know enough uh, to, to be a little bit uh, colloquial here. Uh, they know enough to be dangerous, but 
most of the time, what I hear from, from our clients, if they own one of these contracts is what they heard at the beginning was guarantees, no risk, but they didn't seem to remember these long surrender charge periods. Uh, they didn't remember the 10% free out is uh, basically what you're limited to. And they didn't understand the excise tax. They didn't understand that the gains were ordinary income taxable as opposed to capital gain that you mentioned. There's just a lot of things that should be discussed on the front end, much to your points. But I don't think that happens. And the reason I say that is I believe if all these things were discussed on the front end, if they were open and transparent with all of these points, I'm not sure that as many annuities Jason, one of the most common questions I get is, should I purchase an annuity? And I hear it a lot, and I particularly hear it a lot in times like we're dealing with today. We're in this period of COVID-19. We've seen the stock markets really take a nosedive, correcting because of the uncertainty and trying to find what is what is a reasonable valuation in the market. And so as this occurs, lots of fear is at play. And a number of, a number of investors are, are trying to figure out what do I do? And so of course, annuities tend to be a popular conversation in these situations. And I think a lot of times the people selling them, they know that and they, they prey on that fear. And so I often hear, should I buy an annuity? In fact, I've heard it recently is that something I should do temporarily while this market is going down? And as you just pointed out, an annuity is certainly not something that could be considered temporary. It has lots of limits, and it typically is a long-term contract with a lot of restrictive provisions. So, Jason, when, when you get that question, should I purchase an annuity, how are you responding to clients or prospective clients that are asking about these products? Well, you're certainly correct. And today's atmosphere is very easy uh, to prey on fear, uh, to use that to, to some agent's advantage, um, make a quick sale. Um, but clients that speak to me about annuities, uh, and as you said, in the long term, um, I would not without first developing a comprehensive wealth plan, uh, even consider purchasing an annuity in any way, shape, or fashion. Um, this kind of planning should be done not by someone who makes a living selling the annuities. Instead, an advisor that is possibly fee-based, as we are at our firm, might be a good place to start. The client can be assured that since the advisor's compensation doesn't depend on your willingness to purchase a product, biases are eliminated. The advisor can provide actionable strategies that work regardless of necessary products or services to implement those recommendations, and they might or might not include an annuity. And also then what type of annuity would be best? Because there are several different kinds of those from several different providers. Uh, the choices are endless. So to make a best decision, um, I mean, having an advisor that is not tied financially to your decision makes the most sense. You know, Jason, you're right. There's so many types of these contracts. And 
Uh, I'll run through them for just a minute. Uh, we won't spend a lot of time on these, but there's there's really three types. If you it, really there's only two types. There's variable and there's fixed. And a fixed annuity would include things like index annuities. Many people have heard of those and SPIAs or simple premium immediate annuities. And then you have the variable contracts. And a variable contract has what looks and feels like a mutual fund inside a variable annuity. It's referred to as a sub-account. And those sub-accounts, just like a mutual fund, have expense ratios, so yet another layer of fees, on top of the expense charges, the mortality charges, the insurance cost, the taxes, all the things that you mentioned a few minutes ago are on on top of these uh, so-called mutual fund fees or sub-account fees. No matter how you look at it, these contracts come in a lot of shapes and sizes, and you have to know which one makes the most sense for your situation, if at all. You know, I use the metaphor of automobiles. Vehicles come in so many shapes and sizes. They come in lots of colors. You can even order custom automobiles these days. And Jason, some annuities are are simply less attractive than others, uh, much like cars. But consumers don't always know that. So when, when you think about the multitude of annuity designs and that are available, how is it, how can we share with the consumer, with our listeners, an easier way to think about all of that? Or does that simply say to them, this is so complicated, probably means I should stay away. And, and maybe it's a little of both. I don't know. What do you think? Well, certainly like uh, cars and automobiles, uh, there are different classes, whether it be a sedan or a convertible or an SUV or a pickup truck, uh, as there are in annuities, uh, to carry on the metaphor. As certain automobiles are rated higher than others and uh, have higher efficiencies and are overall better value than others, the same is true for annuities. Uh, Also, just like automobiles, Automobiles, one size doesn't fit all, and some people don't need them at all. And it comes down to what helps the client achieve their goals the best possible manner. Such a great point. And you're right. Uh, I forget that sometimes you don't need an automobile. And speaking uh, again to that metaphor, uh, if, if you don't need an automobile once in a while, we could say the same thing about annuities. Chances are... There's a lot of consumers who have annuities and they really don't know why they have them. And if we look at that from a planner's perspective, we would likely find that we agree. They don't need them. So you said something a few minutes ago, Jason, that I think is probably the most important part of our podcast. And that is no matter what product a consumer is considering, whether it's annuities or life insurance or traditional investments, all of the above, it really should start with planning, and that should always come before product. And our motto has always been uh, process over product. And I believe that, and I believe it's 
more of an issue today because so many products are being sold. And I don't think that everybody gets a well-designed financial plan that's based on their circumstances and their goals or objectives. And if that was done more often, I believe we would see less of these products being sold and we would find consumers who are properly equipped for their long-term goals, and it would probably come with fewer products. I want to start winding us down for uh, this episode, Jason. And as we do that, let's cover some key takeaways. In general, I think we agree that annuities are insurance products, and there is no one size that fits all. They're usually sold by insurance agents or registered representatives that represent the issuing insurance company. They pay significant commissions, and that means that the salesperson could be biased. You also said, Jason, and I want to be sure that I get this right, probably shouldn't rely on the annuity salesperson to develop the financial plan. Is that what you said, Jason? Yes, Bill. I, that, that would be uh, the best way to pursue even the thought of, of, uh, of annuity as part of your overall planning strategy. Yeah, I really, I really like the way you talked about that early in the episode because it seems like if you're, if you're being paid to sell these products, you might be able to, to design a good plan. I'm certainly not saying that annuity salespeople are not adept at planning, but I do believe if my compensation is coming from a commissioned product, I feel very confident in saying that that product is going to be built into the plan that I present to that, to that person uh, or the, to the individual. So I really appreciate you bringing that out. Uh, I think consumers should be well aware that you can get planning and you don't have to do any more business with that firm. Uh, as you know, our firm builds wealth management strategies and financial plans for clients all the time. And that it doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to do other things for them. They may simply pay us for the planning. And I think consumers don't know that enough. Uh, they can get good planning before they go purchase a product. And it's so important that they, that they understand that and, and that they actually get that accomplished before buying the, the products. The fees in these contracts, we said, can often make them unattractive. And then annuities are designed for risk mitigation. We didn't talk a lot about this, but basically there's a trade-off here. Annuities have a higher cost to them, but typically you might expect to pay a little more for something that takes away risk. And that might be the easiest way for consumers to think about annuities. So Definitely a trade-off. And then finally, work with someone you trust. And you touched on this quite a bit, Jason. We believe that unbiased advice doesn't come from someone who is compensated based on the sale of a contract or an annuity or anything else for that matter. A fee-based advisor, as Jason said, that could be a good place to start, whether it's Omnistar or any other firm that provides fee-based planning. It allows the consumer to put planning first ahead of the products. I think that's so important. Jason, did we miss anything on those uh, 
on our key points or our key takeaways, anything that I failed to mention that you feel like our consumers or our listeners should hear? Well, Bill, um, you know, that last point you just mentioned, um, there are actually very low cost, uh, some essentially zero commission products and very low overall cost annuity products. Um, and to the point of being unbiased, if anybody were to recommend an annuity, uh, then just because one company has one versus another, the only difference will probably be the cost and what is paid to the agent. Uh, Fidelity has a very low cost platform. Um, there are others out there that have essentially no commissions. So the bias is taken out of the product. Now, if anybody recommends an annuity to you, I would ask them, well, why can't I just get this one for essentially no cost? And usually the answer is because the agent in front of you won't get paid on it. Great, great point. You know, that, that's something that we failed to talk about in uh, early in the podcast, but you bring up a really good point, Jason. Um, so many of the producers of these products, some of the insurance companies, if you will, uh, they offer what's considered a no-load or a no-fee contract these days, and, and that fits nicely into the fee-only advisor space. Uh, we have them, as you said, through Fidelity, and there's a number of companies. In fact, I had an email this week from Nationwide, and uh, they have a, a fee-only uh, or a, a um, fee-based annuity, and so there's no commission. And you're right. I think when you remove commission, you remove bias. You put the advisor and the client on the same side of the table, and they're working with each other, and the advisor's working for them to help them reach their goals. And it's, it is a much better relationship because they're going in the same direction as opposed to someone selling a product that the sale determines how that person gets paid. And I believe that can create a, a very strong persuasion from the agent to the client to get them to make a purchase. So Great, great point. I'm so glad you brought up the uh, no-load or no-fee annuity because I, I definitely let that one slip my mind. Well, that's all for today's episode of We're Talking Money. Thanks for listening, and thank you to Jason Beckley for some great conversation around a controversial subject. We hope you learned something today, and we look forward to seeing you on our next episode where we're going to be talking about retirement income strategies. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. That'll guarantee you never miss an episode. Thanks for joining us on We're Talking Money. Be sure to visit us at OmnistarFinancial.com where you can learn more about how we provide value to our clients. Subscribe to the show and our newsletters and drop us a line with topic suggestions for upcoming shows. If you enjoyed the show, we would appreciate you passing it on to a friend and providing a rating on iTunes. This podcast is a publication of Omnistar Financial Group. The content is developed from sources believed to be reliable and accurate with all information. The information in this material is not intended as tax or legal advice and may not be used for the purpose of avoiding any federal tax penalties. 
please consult legal or tax professionals for specific information regarding your individual situation. The opinions expressed and material provided are for general information and should not be considered a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or service provided by Omnistar. All expressions of opinion reflect that of the authors and are subject to change. Any distribution, use, or copying of this podcast, other than the intended recipients, is prohibited.